A reading from the second book of Samuel. David returned from his defeat of the Amalekites and spent two days in Ziklag. On the third day, a man came from Saul's camp with his clothes torn and dirt on his head. Going to David, he fell to the ground in homage. David asked him, where do you come from? He replied, I've escaped from the camp of the children of Israel. Tell me what happened, David bade him. He answered that many of the soldiers had fled the battle and that many of them had fallen and were dead, among them Saul and his son Jonathan. David seized his garments and rent them, and all the men who were with him did likewise. They mourned and wept and fasted until evening for Saul and his son Jonathan, and for the soldiers of the Lord of the clans of Israel, because they had fallen by the sword. Alas, the glory of Israel, Saul, slain upon your heights, how can the warriors have fallen? Saul and Jonathan, beloved and cherished, separated neither in life nor in death. Swifter than eagles, stronger than lions, women of Israel, weep over Saul, who clothed you in scarlet and in finery, who decked your attire with ornaments of gold. How can the warriors have fallen in the thick of the battle, slain upon your heights? I grieve for you, Jonathan, my brother, most dear have you been to me. More precious have I held, you, have I held love for you than love for women. How can the warriors have fallen? The weapons of war have perished. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let us see your face, Lord, and we shall be saved. O shepherd of Israel, hearken. O guide of the flock of Joseph, from your throne upon the cherubim shine forth before Ephraim, Benjamin, and Manasseh. Rouse your power. Come to save us. Let us see your face, Lord, and we shall be saved. O Lord of hosts, how long will you burn with anger while your people pray? You have fed them with the bread of tears and given them tears to drink in ample measure. You have left us to be fought over by our neighbors and our enemies mock us. Let us see your face, Lord, and we shall be saved. The Lord be with you and with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Mark. Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus came with his disciples into the house. Again, the crowd gathered, making it impossible for them even to eat. When his relatives heard of this, they set out to seize him, for they said, He is out of his mind. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. We have uh, Jonathan and, and Saul's death here and, and David's elegy of them, which is kind of interesting. You know, so David tears his garments. He's, he's in deep sorrow uh, when, when Saul and Jonathan die. It's a similar sorrow that David's going to show when his son son Absalom dies uh, decades later. Uh, we'll hear about that later on in, in Samuel. Now it's interesting because yes, Jonathan was David's friend, but but Saul really was his enemy. David didn't see Saul that way, but Saul, as you know, was trying to kill David. Uh, Absalom, David's son likewise, is trying to kill his father. So Absalom causes the second civil war. So it's like, why would David, when his enemies perish why would David be so sad you think he would be happy and victorious and in fact a lot of David's uh, generals and and officers are confused by by David's mourning uh, with these with these victories so I mean David shows great humility um, and also like we've said before a deep trust in God because even though Saul and Absalom were trying to kill David David knew that God, deep, deep underneath the layers of sin in Saul and Absalom, there was a, there was a kernel of, of truth, a kernel of divine love. 
Remember, Saul was anointed. Nothing could ever undo that. Even though Saul blew it and was corrupted, there was still that, what we would say like that, indelible mark in, in Saul. It's something we all get when we are baptized. David was able to recognize that. And so he trusts that, yes, even beneath the layers of sin, that there's still some some goodness in these in these men. Kind of like I think maybe Jesus would have had towards Judas, uh, who betrayed him. Even but Jesus, of course, called Judas. So David weeps uh, because this this divine spark is is finally you know sort of snuffed out with their with their death. So it's a simple uh, simple faith, a simple trust that David's exercising. But yes, it brings him mourning, but also brings him great joy. It's, that's the kind of faith we want to have. Again, those who are sophisticated and you know and can judge by by the appearances on the surface would say, you know what, Saul and Absalom were were evil, so you should be glad that they're gone. But but David's childlike David's childlike faith gets him really to uh, to that point of of true charity. In fact, David is going to be an icon of Jesus Christ. You know, Christ loves each one of us, even those of us who reject Him, who sin against Him. Uh, when we sin or even when we die, Christ will weep for us like like David wept for Saul. Kind of the last point I want to make, if that's enough for you to shut off the podcast, is going to be more of like a historical musing. I, I, I mentioned before perhaps that you know, I do a lot of reading of history and I've been reading a lot of Napoleon um, lately. And there's uh, what's called the, the period of the 100 days of Napoleon. So this is when Napoleon returns uh, from exile. So after he's been defeated, after the Russian campaign in Leipzig, you know, he's forced into exile uh, like in 1814. And he, he goes and he becomes the, the king of Elba. So he's gone for about a year. And, and the French are basically, and all, all of Europe are in agreement, like, okay, Napoleon, yes, while he was a military genius, uh, he just absolutely devastated and ruined Europe and, and France. And so like he needs to go. He's 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 not good for the world. So Napoleon's in exile for a year. He gets antsy and so he returns. Um, he returns to, to France and he begins this march from the south of France all the way up to Paris. Now in this year when Napoleon's been in exile, uh, the European powers have reinstated the French monarchy. So Louis XVIII is the king of France. Um, he was the brother of Louis who had been killed during the revolution. So the French have their, their monarch. So you would think like when Napoleon returned to France, they would have just completely, you know, either killed Napoleon or sent him back into exile, but it doesn't happen. The French actually rally around Napoleon, even though they know he's been bad for them. And so as he, he marches from town to town, and each of these towns have garrisons and, and armies, they all join Napoleon's cause. Even though they know Napoleon's probably going to start another war again, they're probably going to lose their lives. It's because, and I'm not justifying Napoleon, I'm not making him on the same level of Christ or whatever, but Louis XVIII wasn't really invested in them. And even though Napoleon was was flawed, he was invested in, in his men and in the country. He cared about them. And yes, he was tyrannical in many ways, but they rather would have had that, that leader who cared in them, a tyrant than than a leader who doesn't and just interested in himself. Kind of a superficial rendering of the 100 days. But anyways, they, they all join Napoleon. Napoleon becomes the emperor once again. Then he's going to fight and lose at Waterloo and go into exile permanently a second time. 
Uh, but it just shows that we want, well, we, we, we kind of can see beneath the sin to the beauty and truth. God does it. May we do the same. Amen.